everyone. It's our second edition of the Something in the Air podcast remotely. And this time, I'm doing it from home. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci with the Press of Atlantic City. And join with me today is a man that wears many hats, despite no hat on his head right now. We're here with Chuck LaVar. And if you're in Epsecon Island, have spent a lot of time in Epsecon Island, especially Down Beach, uh, you'll know Chuck. Chuck is uh, the Municipal Emergency Management Coordinator in Margate, uh, but he's also the Lieutenant from the Margate Beach Patrol, a retired Atlantic City Battalion Fire Chief. Uh, he also has a, uh, another job in the private industry right now. Um, so I'm going to start off with that, Chuck, which is how did you juggle being a firefighter in Atlantic City and being a part of Margate Beach Patrol at the same time? And I think you did that for about 15 years. And then for maybe within five of those years, you were the operations manager for the skate zone. Uh, we're jumping around a little bit. But um, so when I decided to move to Margate, I uh, built my house in 98 and 99. And my wife was going through law school and I finished uh, finished some work doing working for the union for Land City Fire uh, Fighters Local 198. I was president for two and a half terms and was kind of finishing up in that, moving in, the, you know, taking care of things personally. And then I ended up in Margate and I had a good friend that was the chief of the beach patrol at the time. And I was spending a lot of time on the beach, just surfing, just kind of relaxing after I had just gotten married and, and built my house and he's like would you be interested uh, in coming back to the beach patrol we were lifeguards together from 1980 to 87 and they said he had a young beach patrol he's looking for some experienced people and it kind of fell in my lap my wife gave me the thumbs up and uh i never looked back one year turned into um going into my eight, 19th year 19th season Gee, so the wife approval is always good, right? We'll yes, we'll that's, yeah. that's the first checkbox to check That's off. the first checkbox, okay. So just to tell people a little bit about like your early upbringing, where you were born, where you were raised, um, you know, what was life like for you when you were young? Uh, briefly, so I was born and raised in Atlantic City. Um, my parents were born and raised in Atlantic City. Um, I became uh, really interested in the beach patrol I spent as long as I can remember, uh, grew up on uh, Chelsea Avenue, Montpelier Avenue Beach in Atlantic City. My dad was Atlantic City lifeguard. So when we would go down in the summer, I was just like in awe of the lifeguards. They were bigger than life to me when I was a little kid. And then that turned into working for the lifeguards as a mascot at his young age. And I was doing everything from helping bring down the equipment and basically go get their lunches and breakfasts, coffee, stuff like that. And then when I was uh, 14 or 15, took the test, became a lifeguard uh, for set from 1980 to 87. And then the, uh, the beach patrol kind of had a natural progression through public safety to the fire department or the police department. I chose the fire department and uh, I moved through the ranks in Atlantic City Fire Department. Um, I'm an avid surfer and uh, ice hockey player like yourself. And um, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, and, and I always had a big interest in weather through surfing, through um, keeping an eye on storms. I was always uh, had a bit of a novel fascination when hurricanes were approaching. And back then, I remember the first hurricane that was approaching uh, our Jersey coast was Hurricane Bell. Um, and, and it had a big impact on me as far as my interests. And uh, I always kept a good eye on the weather for my job on the fire department. And it kind of just 
rolled naturally with public safety. Yeah, so it sounds like you had an appreciation of the weather, and I'm kind of seeing some similarities too because, you know, most meteorologists, Chuck, I would say if you ask seven out of ten of them, they would tell you they've been wanting to be a meteorologist since before middle school and like eight out of ten since before high school. So, you know, do you kind of feel the same way in like the lifeguard community? Like is that just something people fall into or is it something where, you know, like yourself, you know, you're getting the breakfast, you're getting the lunch when you're young. Hopefully they gave you a little bit something, you know, on the side. Oh, yeah, um, that's a pretty good. I handled, into it. Yeah, and, and it was. It was a natural progression. And like I said, I just – I really took to it. Um, you know, I had washed dishes uh, for one summer up the street at a restaurant, and I swore to myself uh, after that job I would never – let myself be put in a position, uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that I wanted to be outside working and just being on the beach and just being in that environment. And I just really enjoyed, there was a lot of self-satisfaction with just helping people on a daily basis and you were getting paid for it. So it was everything from just, you know, helping a, a mom find a lost kid on the beach to you know actually making uh, a lot of big rescues in Atlantic City because the, the people that attended the beach uh, or just aren't familiar with the ocean like you do find down beach sometimes you know you have people that have summer homes and over the years their kids uh, the children that grow up down down beach in the summertime yeah they, they start to acclimate themselves and can handle themselves in the ocean so it was a it was definitely a natural progression right into the fire department yeah so I'm going to kind of ask like an all encompassing question, but it's like, you know, why did you choose public service for a large portion, you know, of your working life? I mean, obviously, you know, you started out in lifeguarding, but you know, I, I'm guessing you didn't have to, you know, go into fire or police. You could have, you know, left that public sphere. So like, what made you want to stay in it? Um, well, I just looked at, you know, the scheduling and the excitement and I had a lot of, uh, I grew up in the Chelsea neighborhood of Atlantic city and, uh, back then, growing up, I had a lot of older guys that, that I looked up to, not only in sports, who coached us, they were friends with families, that it was a close-knit neighborhood, and there was a couple um, large families that, that had older older guys that were, that were either on the police and fire, and I really gravitated to the guys who were on the fire department. Once I found out, you know, the scheduling and, and, um, and what it entailed, it, it just felt like and I wasn't the only one. I had at least 20 guys that I grew up with that we all got on together. And that's it was cool. just really, really cool situation. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I'm just like, as a meteorologist, like, you didn't really know anybody that was a meteorologist. You know, yeah. like in high school, I knew no one. So really when I went to, you know, Rutgers was like, oh, my God, there's all these people that are like me. But it seems like, you know, for you, you kind of had like that tight-knit group from, you know, for a long time. And I know your buddies with a decent amount now still, right? Yeah, and it was and it was it was just an awesome experience, and we moved through the fire department together. We you know we we all learned together from guys that we grew up with, and it, you know I really gravitated to towards team sports. Um, we started uh, with being on the fire department. I had a lot yeah. of friends that were police officers, and we started Atlantic City Guns and Noses hockey team, and that went. Uh, it's still kind of going. I don't play <laughs> for them now, but because uh, you're too you good. Know, we well. That and old, um, but you know, we just had an awesome, awesome experience. We we played on the boardwalk rink across, right across from Boardwalk Hall. We played, um, we got friendly with a lot of boardwalk bullies. I'm still friends with a couple guys that actually went into public safety themselves that, that cool. stayed in the area. Yeah. Um. So you know, it was just 
the team camaraderie, that's a lot of it in the fire department. It's the biggest thing I miss when, uh, since I've retired is that yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about, um, let's shift on over to OEM since that's, you know, what the, the main thing you're doing for Margate now. And I always like to ask this question to OEM managers, emergency management managers, which is like, why does emergency manage, management matter to the average citizen of Margate or even South Jersey as a whole? Like, why, why should they care? Well, there's a component in public safety that has to have a liaison from each municipality with the county office of emergency management. And that's, it's, it's basically, basically to have a line of communication on an ongoing basis. And the person that is going to represent that municipality um, for the emergency management position needs to have a strong background in public safety and just how how the concept works and, and how communications work and uh, pre-planning and all the things that are the priorities. And, and you have to learn how, you have to know how to uh, adjust to certain situations in, in a bind or something like this current situation with the COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, we have no experience in this and we're all kind of learning and we're all kind of relying on each other, but it's disseminate, disseminating information, getting it out to the public the best we can and just understanding um, what what the priorities are and making sure that we're covering all those bases as best we can. Yeah, Chuck, and I gotta tell you, so you started uh, last year, right? What, what month did you start? I started August 15th, I was appointed 2019. Gotcha, so, you know, it's mid-April now. Actually, it's your anniversary, what is it? Your eight month anniversary as we're recording uh, this on Oh yeah, 15th. I didn't even realize that. So yeah, happy anniversary, but uh, it's kind of been baptism by fire for you. Uh, you know, COVID-19, of course, you know, which is, uh, you know, brought a lot of pain to people. But, uh, you know, even this week, we had uh, really uh, nasty winds on the 13th of April. Even last week, we had more nasty winds, severe thunderstorms. So it's kind of been a little bit of baptism by fire for you so far. So how is it compared to what you thought it would be, especially in these times? Well, it, I'm not going to lie. It is challenging. Uh, I like to think that I'm up to the challenge. I'm very fortunate to be in a situation with a great police chief and a great fire chief and um, a public safety commissioner and, and just Margate city officials in general. We've been, and we rely on Longport and Ventnor and also the county. So um, as, is, as overwhelming as it can feel sometimes, um, it's knowing that you have uh, – people in position that are close to you that you can rely on and no one is just pulling the uh, rope by themselves. Everybody's, everybody has to, has to have a hand in it and, uh, and keeping an open line of communication. But th this is, is very challenging in the sense that the peep, uh, the, the citizens, the residents, people in general want information, but I don't even think sometimes they know what information they want because there's a lot of anxiety out there. Yeah. So again, you've got, the storms come up. We're very vulnerable this time of year, March, April, nor'easters, although this wasn't one. But thank God for guys like you that, that help us keep our eye on the ball and not just, uh, you know, we're not just focused just because this pandemic is happening. We still have to be aware of other emergency management situations like weather is a big thing for us. You don't have to butter me up, Chuck, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, let me ask you, you, Margate, of course, like much of the shore down here, you have local population and majority are second homeowners. So like, what's the difference in messaging that you're giving 
to the locals in Margate and into those, you know, who are here on the weekends or have their summer home or even just the visitors, you know, who rent the house, you know, for, you know, they're, they're just staying here for a couple of days. Well, it's a balancing act. I mean, there's a dynamic uh, that, that's, that has been brought up because, you know, the governor is putting out executive orders and that's where um, the baseline of all our decision-making comes from. That's the foundation of it. So if you work off those executive orders, and then you still have, um, you know, the civil people's civil liberties, and and I understand that, and and I know I understand why people would want to, you know, I'm calling it it's a bit of modern day refugees, you know, mm -hmm. they're they're fleeing uh, certain areas that uh, have a you know an outbreak, and they feel like they have a safe haven in their in their summer home, but at the same time, um, you know, and the governor pointed it out, he articulated it very well and, and very strongly on many occasions that, you know, an everyday life, what's going on in the summer when all these people are, are down, without an emergency, the infrastructure is built to handle it. Yeah. But God forbid if we had a large outbreak in, in the shore communities in Atlantic County, and then the hospitals, and it would be sure, Atlantic City, City uh, Division, and Mainland Division, if they were inundated with, with an outbreak, um, you already, you just implemented a large population that was requested by guidelines from the governor not to be in a certain area, and, these, and, and people are coming down. So if, say, my mom needed to go to the hospital, and we go in there, and she can't get a bed, and it's really there's an issue with people that shouldn't have been here in the were requested not to be here in the first place. That's where a, a bit of uh, the dynamic comes into play, but I, I understand it. You can't infringe people pay a lot of money in taxes. They've built beautiful homes down here and, and we welcome them. It's just, um, it, this is a, this is a situation that is a little dicey and it's uh, there's a lot of dialogue going on and it's, and it's, it's challenging. Chuck, what, one thing I like about you, and I, I like a bunch of things about you, but the one thing I like about you, you know, specifically is that, you know, you are getting out to the people through social media, you know, which is just a part of our lives at this point, right? I mean, I use it all the time, but I see on our, you know, the Margate, New Jersey community Facebook group, um, you know, posting things or sharing things like, how's the response been? How do you feel the response has been through there? I think uh, really, really well. I, I mean, I'm not a big IT guy. I'm not a big Facebook guy. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm posting things through my own personal page because I, I you know, being new to the position, I haven't established a, a Margate OEM Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So right now um, I'm just trying to pump out as much information as possible. And I think a lot, um, it's like, it's like a wave. If I keep posting things weather wise earlier and when I started this position, I think people were catching on it, keeping an eye on it. And this is why um, I'm putting out this information is just to kind of give you, okay, here's something you need to look at. And so when the, the outbreak happened, I just kept putting out information and we're all doing it with the, the Margate Fire Department's really good at it, Margate Police Department. So if you throw enough information out there and people will choose, pick and choose what they want to read and what they want to see and what they want to digest because it is overwhelming. And then you go with cable news. Um, I just feel like as long as I can get as much information out as possible and I'll let the viewers decide on wh what they're going to uh, read and update, then that's the best I can do.
Yeah. Yeah. This kind of leads to my next question, which is like, what have you kind of kept the same and besides, you know, trying to get out on social media a little bit more, like what are you doing differently, you know, as the, you know, OEM, basically the, the manager for OEM here? Um, as far as weather or just in general? Uh, just in general. Yeah. Just in general. Um, well, I, you know, whether I, I use a lot of your posts, I use um, New Jersey Office of Emergency Management. When they put something, uh, it's just, you know, sharing it back out. I use um, the National Weather Service out of Mount Holly. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll even get, uh, I have a FEMA app, which I recommend everybody should have because you get alerts. Um, while, while we're on the subject, uh, I do recommend people set their alert system on their smartphones there you have to go into your settings and mm -hmm. then go to net notifications and that way you get like um instant weather updates if there was a tornado um uh, warning or there's an amber alert most people have it but uh, some people forget i don't know if it comes preset that way but you should make sure that you have those settings on um and i just you know it's always staying in tune and always having a finger on the pulse of what's going on. And it's hard because it's 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. Now where have your roles, you know, between OEM and lifeguarding, where have they kind of crossed? Like, where do you see like, Oh, I'm thinking of lifeguarding while I'm, you know, talking about OEM or vice versa. You ever had any of those moments yet? Uh, or well, what do you it's, it's always weather related yeah. and it, it kind of evolved when I was assigned to be a liaison for Margate City when the dunes were being under construction because um, during the summer season. So I was asked if I would be the liaison for Margate and attend these uh, weekly meetings um, between the Army Corps of Engineers um, all the other OEMs, uh, police chiefs, and uh, the, all in Down Beach while they were doing the construction during the season because things were changing and there was mm -hmm. all these issues coming up. So once I fulfilled that role and then we got hit with that big rain and it, all that water sat behind the dune between yeah. the, the, the bulkhead and the dune, um, and I was giving these warnings, just like a lot of the local people knew what was going to happen if we got a lot of rain. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, I was faced, standing on top of a dune with one of the engineers from the Army Corps, of, uh, Army Corps of Engineers asking me, what do you think we should do? And I was like, wow, this guy <laughs> has way more education than I do. But I have a lot of experience just in the local area. Yeah, yeah. And we formulated a plan and we had to just... And, and that's a lot of it with emergency management, public safety, is you have to be able to immediately formulate a plan and listen to other people. Because one of the, one of my lines or things that I always go by that I'm not the smartest man in the room. And if once you think you're the smartest person in the room, you're not going to rely on other people's information. And I think it's, you, you know, if you have to be the one to make the decision, you have to take everybody else's opinions and listen to what they have to say. And you pick and choose and formulate a plan together. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, especially in OEM when there's, you're, you're dealing with multi, you know, multifaceted, it's a multifaceted position in the sense that you're dealing with, you know, different events, whether it is weather or not, you know, or you're dealing with different departments, you, you need to absorb the information. You need to be a sponge. I feel like a lot of times with these OEM jobs. Um, kind of pushing a little bit further into lifeguarding here. G give us uh, give us your elevator pitch of Margate Beach Patrol. 
Um, well, like I said, when I was on Atlantic City Beach Patrol, to me, that was top notch. I had a great experience and, um, you know, never thought I would work on another beach patrol. But when I was asked to join Margate, it was just going to be one summer. And that one summer, like I said, turned into, I'm in 19 <laughs> years and what yeah. an incredible experience. I feel like we have the best beach patrol around. Um, not only just from the race perspective and, and listen, I'm bragging about my beach patrol, just like any other, um, officer would brag right. about you their own. from the brag about your beach patrol. You're fine. Right. And don't forget, yeah. we got the oval girls. That is correct. Yes. Friendship. Yes, that's um, right. The Albles so uh, used to, to work for us here at the press. Amanda Albles, so there's a little freelancing for us, but they are, uh, are they the queens of South Jersey Beach Patrol when it comes to lifeguard I, races? I, I put them at the top, <laughs> especially especially with the, the women's racing and just, the you know, listen, I can't say enough about all my lifeguards. Yeah. I think we have a great beach patrol from our rookies all the way up to our chief. We have a great group of uh, officers, and that's what makes it help, helps it function the way it does. Um, and, and we're rarely, you know, we're really involved in, um, the day-to-day -day operations at each individual beach. Every Lieutenant knows the little, um, idiosyncrasies of each little beach has it. You know, some beaches have a hole, some beaches have a, a pipe that, that creates, you know, uh, different rip currents. The beach is always changing. So, you know, casually or informally, we're always talking about uh, how the topography is changing and the challenges that we, we we're going to, you know, be encountering, uh, each day. And, you know, a perfect example was that was, uh, last 4th of July. Uh, we had, we had a different rip current going on. We had new pipes on the beach. And I mean, I was on boat rescues with, with my chief, Craig Smallwood. We were going, we went on boat rescues and, right. um, and, you know, it filters down through the lifeguards when they see the upper echelon uh, and the administrators going and, and getting in the boat and doing rescues. Uh, it just makes everybody else want to work harder because you got to lead by example. Right. Yeah. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say lead by example right there. Uh, Chuck, we got one more minute left. So I want to ask you two quick questions. My first one is if there's one website that the people of Margate need to know about when it comes to OEM, what is that? Who uh, right now it would be <laughs> New Jersey Office of Emergency okay. Management. I yep. get my information, but uh, as soon as I have time when things calm down from this pandemic, I plan on having my own Office of Emergency Management for Margate City webpage and okay. Facebook page. Gotcha. And last one, we're gonna go to hockey question. What's your best hockey play ever? Your favorite um, moment? Well, I tell you this: I had a six-goal game. I had a double hat trick, Ooh. guns and hoses against Washington D.C police down in dc uh, we won 10 we won 10 to 3 and i had six goals that night uh but again i don't think the goalie could have stopped the beach ball that night so <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm gonna say i'm gonna imagine that dc police just have a, a wider pool to, to pull from you know considering how big they are so for you guys to smoke them and have two hat tricks you know i, I know what yeah. you're saying about the goalie but still i, I you know Kudos to you guys. That's all I'll say. Kudos to you. Yeah, and listen, I, we've been very fortunate. We had a lot of successful seasons, and, and fundraising was a big part of it. But then, you know, we had a, a, a group of guys like Stefan Rivardi and Walderson. They, they, that, that helped out a lot, having former ECHL players on our team, too. All right, cool. 
Well, Chuck, you know, I want to try to do something more with Guns and Hoses. We're going to see if we can uh, do something with that. And maybe not this year, but next year for sure. I did want to talk to you about that. But uh, thanks for coming on on. We appreciate it. Uh, Chuck Labar, everybody, Municipal Emergency Management Coordinator for Margate, Lieutenant for the Margate Beach Patrol, retired AC Battalion Chief, uh, former Atlantic City Beach Patrol uh, as well. Thanks for being on. We appreciate it, Chuck. Joe, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Anytime, um, you know, and your listeners, they're, they're, they have a great resource in you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And really has a lot to do with the relationships I have with OEM. So, you know, thanks so much, Chuck. And for everybody listening, this is Something in the Air by the Press of Atlantic City. We will be back with you at the beginning of May for our April monthly round weather roundup. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Until then, take care, everybody, and 